Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I dissect and break down extreme rules from Sunday, if you survived, and slammiversary from Saturday. What did we like? What we didn't like? Did we like the overall shows? We'll give you our opinions right now on the Busted Open podcast. And speaking of slammiversary, the new face that runs the place with Impact Wrestling, your new Knockouts champion, Deanna Perazzo, joins the show right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Not only was that the worst pay-per-view of the year, that might have been one of the worst pay-per-views I have ever seen. Okay, so if you're gonna if you're gonna broad stroke that real quick right off the bat, tell me why it was the worst pay-per-view you ever saw. The booking, I thought the booking was terrible. I, uh, We always talk about Bully, about logic. Nothing really made a lot of sense to me. And it's unfortunate because I thought the show started off really well with that tag match and new champions in Cesaro and Nakamura. I thought that was a hell of a way to start the show. Really good wrestling match. And then moving forward after that, I really thought there wasn't a lot of logic behind the finishes, the booking, and I really don't know where you go from what we saw last night. What finish did not make sense to you? Uh, well, I mean, I thought the the finish with Bailey and Sasha, to me, didn't make a lot of sense. I, I don't know why you had to go that way. You have two incredible wrestlers with Asuka and Sasha. I went into that match thinking, hey, this is going to be a match that could possibly be a candidate for match of the year when you have these two talents. And Bully, and you do an awesome job, and I got to give you a lot of credit because when it came to Charlotte exiting, he said this was a good opportunity for a lot of the women in the WWE to step up. A lot of the classic matches that we talk about with the women's division and the WWE usually revolve around Charlotte or Becky Lynch. Both those women are gone. You have been a, a, a big backer of Sasha Banks and saying this is somebody who should go to that next level. I thought last night might have been that type of an opportunity where we could have seen a classic match between those two that we would be praising up and down 
uh, today. That wasn't the case. I thought it was. I thought the ending was way too wonky and unnecessary and illogical. And I think you could say that about a lot of the finishes that we saw last night with a lot of the matches that we saw at Extreme Rules. So taking away the finish of Sasha versus Asuka, you said it was way too wonky and illogical. Let's put that to the side for a second. How was the match? The match, I thought, was, I thought the match was good. I thought at times it was very good. Um, I know a lot of people were nitpicking on social media, and there was one spot where both fell onto the mat, and they were both flat on their back. And I, I don't know if this was a mistake or if maybe you can actually have some clarification of exactly what was happening, Bully. But they did a close-up of Sasha and Asuka flat on their backs, close together. And... Asuka was like massaging the top of Sasha's head and Sasha was massaging the arm of Asuka and it went on for like a, a while and, and, and for whatever reason, the, the camera was fixated on that. So I wasn't really sure where they were going with that. It was, it was obvious that it wasn't something that they should click away from. But at the same time, I don't know if that's something that is, you know, two wrestlers making sure that they're okay. I wasn't sure what that awkward, you know, like about 15, 20 seconds was all about. No idea. No idea why the camera stayed there. But I'm not going to really harp on that 15 seconds of what could have been a mistake and not give the girls credit for the match that they put on. Who comes up with the finish? You think you think ba- you think Oscar and uh, and Sasha are coming up with that finish, or you think that's the finish that they're being given? Oh, that's definitely the finish that they're being given. Do you think those two girls are executing that finish to the absolute best of their physical ability? I'm sure they are. Yes. Okay. So I looked at that match. I agree with you with the finish, but because it is a bit wonky, but haven't wonky finishes worked in the past? Look at the finish of Rob Van Dam versus John Cena at One Night Stand 2. Is Paul Heyman a referee? No. Who made the three count? Paul Heyman. Who was awarded the championship? Rob Van Dam. Is Bailey a referee? No. Who made the three count? Bailey. As of right this second, are we to believe that Sasha is the champion? She nobody nobody came out and said she wasn't. She walked away with that championship title in her hands. Do we think she's the champion? I mean, I would think she's not the champion because that wasn't a sanctioned referee. But but then again, like there was no clarification, and I haven't seen anything of uh, the otherwise that says that she's not the champion right now. So where are you going to have to go for clarification? You're going to have to probably watch. Monday Night Raw tonight to find out what's going on. And, and, that's and we'll go, go ahead. And that's what ahead. they're what you're saying. That's probably what they're expecting people to do. I, I mean, I would I would I would guess. I mean, here's the thing, Bully. In theory, everything you're saying is 100 percent correct. But let me throw this in there to kind of add to it. You know, at one night stand two with Rob Van Dam and John Cena, There was a hot crowd that wanted to see Rob Van Dam win that championship. And, you know, it had added to it. When Heyman came in and gave that three count, that place erupted. There was a momentum because of that crowd. Last night, there was no crowd. Uh, You know, last night, there was no momentum building into that. 
you know, with Rob Van Dam and John Cena, it's more about like, again, that ECW and corporate WWE. There was that whole stance and, you know, there was that ECW faithful at the Hammerstein. Not the case last night with that match. And again, why not just have a classic match between Asuka and Sasha Banks? You know, why does it have to be wonky? Why does it have to be comedic? Why does it need to be something that's like, all right, you know what? We're going to try to catch you so that you tune into Monday Night Raw. Well, you could have just a really good match where the wrestling is excellent and you see a champion and then that's going to make you tune in to Monday Night Raw tonight. Because quite honestly, and again, you know, I, I understand that the WWE faithful is the WWE faithful. And a lot of people, as we said, said, I'm canceling the network. I'm not watching. We all know that's not true. But, man, I just think that was a missed opportunity last night with Sasha Banks and Asuka, in my opinion. I'm not going to sit here and tell you your opinion of the match is wrong. I'm just going to try to explain to you and the nation why they did what they did last night. And that's it. You're going to have to, you're going to tune into Monday Night Raw. And I got to tell you, you just talked about the faithful, like that WWE faithful. I have a funny feeling that that after last night, that faithful could be whittled away even more. I saw enough credible concern last night from people on social media than, than most times after a pay-per-view or a raw most of the time i see a lot of hate and a lot of bashing just for the lot the, the sake of hate and bashing but there were things that i saw last night that really were like eye-opening and, and i'm gonna read a tweet real quick because sure. i saved it all right i saved it guy's name is ryan johnson tweets us a lot at the show and his tweet says i'd like to thank you and dave for your show and for the many years of entertainment, but I'm taking a break. This isn't a reflection on the show, but rather a on the current state of pro wrestling. Tonight at the horror show was the final straw. 36 years of being a fan, but WWE has lost it. And he goes on to say that AEW has failed to earn it. AEW is not is not in the discussion yeah. here. I just wanted to finish out his tweet. To me, that is a well-worded, well-thought-out tweet that's not just bashing. It's like this guy saying, enough is enough. Enough with the wonkiness. Enough with the stuff that doesn't make sense. Enough with the stuff that might be insulting our intelligence. And And I think the faithful that you talked about could be whittling away. Bully, um, and I'm being completely honest here, like last night, and I, I obviously, this is my career, this is my job, this is my life, this show, so I take it extremely serious. Um, after that show was over, I, you know, I watched the Undertaker special, I then watched the Jeff Hardy special, I then went back and watched some old school wrestling on the network, kind of to clean my palate after what I saw at Extreme Rules, and I, it is a concern for me. Bully, you know, the WWE is the captain that steers the ship. You know, AEW is making a lot of traction. Impact Wrestling is making a lot of traction. But I think you would agree, Bully, that the WWE, when it comes to the world of pro wrestling and sports entertainment, is still the tops, is still the king. 
when I see a show like the one I saw last night, I, I understand where that nation member is coming from, where it's like, all right, I mean, at some point you got to say enough's enough. And I'm kind of worried at the fact that, like, is the interest is going to wane to the to the point where, you know, pro wrestling loses fans. Bully, we're seeing monumentally low ratings. We saw Raw hit a, a low mark in its history this past Monday. SmackDown was down from the week before, which was a down week for SmackDown. It's And, you know, you could blame the crowds and you can blame the lack of crowds and the, and the lack of feel. I honestly believe enough with that. It's been almost five months that we've had wrestling without crowds. At some point, you got to point the finger at the product itself. And the WWE main roster product has been a problem for quite some time now, even dating back way before the start of this pandemic. And, Bully, this is where they could take advantage of, hey, at some point there was no sports. Sports are starting up again, by the way. So these ratings are not going to go up. They're going to go down because sports are starting up again. The WWE had the opportunity to, to take advantage of, hey, people stuck at home with not a lot to watch. Let's put on one of our best products so people get our attention and people are talking about us. The WWE main roster, I'm not going to talk about NXT, and I'm certainly not talking about other wrestling organizations. I'm just talking about Raw and SmackDown. They have not taken advantage of these last five months, Bully. As a a matter of fact, they've regressed creatively in a lot of ways. And I think the prime example is what we saw last night. Bully, you always preach about realism. You always preach about connecting the dots. You always uh, preach about... Logic. You always uh, preach about cohesiveness from week to week. There was none of that in that show last night. That was, you come out of that show, it's like, why am I, why do I watch? Nothing logical happened on that show for the most part. Nothing logical with Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio. Nothing logical with Bailey and Sasha. Nothing logical with Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt. Nothing logical. I can show you the logic in all of them. Okay, I mean... It's just not the logic that you're looking for and a lot of the logic that wrestling fans are not looking for. Take any match and I'll make a comparison or I'll give you some logic or at least the logic that the WWE was thinking last night. All right, but is it a stretch? Do you have to... I mean, obviously people did not like what they saw last night. It wasn't entertaining at all. And that's the point. It's it's the, it was their logic entertaining, and it seems like the overwhelming evidence says no. Yeah, I mean, and you always said, what have you said during the start of this pandemic, Bull? You've said, entertain me, entertain me. I mean, unless I'm missing something, and you're right. I mean, I went on social media, and I know social media is not the 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 vocal majority, but I went on a lot of polls, and I mean, there was one poll on Pro Wrestling eighty over eighty percent of the people of the people that joined that poll either gave it a D or an F. I don't think I've ever seen even like the poll for a Raw or a SmackDown where almost unanimously people are saying they hated this show. Like, I, I, I just don't know where the WWE is trying to go with putting on a show like the one that we saw last night, Bully. Well, when it comes to polls, the only poll you should be paying attention to is mine. Okay? 
Because I have okay. the biggest and best poll on social media. It's long and it's strong. Yeah, it is. And it's about to get its friction on. So go right ahead. Yeah. Uh, my poll garnered 9,000 votes. Wow. And, and, uh, and so that right there tells you how um, inviting my poll is. Um, I asked people what they thought about extreme rules, you know, hits, misses, blah, blah, blah. And it just straight up, thumbs down or thumbs up. 38% thumbs up, 62% thumbs down. And then, obviously, when you read the comments, you see what people have to say. And it seemed last night like most uh, people who watch this show were just completely disgruntled. And a couple of people actually tweeted that they're tired of having their intelligence insulted. But did you like the finish of The Fiend and Braun Strowman? Um, it was, it was okay. I, I, I think I was expecting a little bit more. The problem is, did you expect a one, two, three? No. Did you expect like somebody to tap out? No, I wasn't expecting a wrestling match because you know, you knew you weren't getting it. You knew you were getting a, a cinematic piece of film. The problem is, is that I think we saw the ultimate cinematic piece of film at WrestleMania 36 with The Undertaker and AJ Styles. So the problem is now, you're no matter what they put out there, you're going to compare it to what we saw at WrestleMania 36. And I'm sorry, what I saw last night does not compare to what I saw at WrestleMania 36. What was the very first thing I said after Taker versus AJ at WrestleMania? What did I say in relation to the cinematic matches? You said, be careful how you do it moving forward. And you said, because everything is going to be compared to what we saw with the Boneyard match. And it's 100% correct. And, you know, visually, the special effects, the story that was being told. And again, this is not a knock on Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt. Because from what I hear, they worked on that segment for hours in extreme heat. To put on what we saw last night, it does not compare to the Boneyard match at WrestleMania 36. Did you understand the story that they were trying to tell? Yeah, I mean, you know, Braun Strowman's coming home. This is where he started. This is where, you know, Bray Wyatt discovered him. They even threw in the Alexa Bliss because, you know, there was a little back and forth with Alexa Bliss. And obviously he has a crush on Alexa Bliss. And Bray Wyatt used Alexa Bliss to lure him near the water. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, Sure, I understand the story. Uh, But again, the piece of film that I saw, it it was fine for what it was. That's the best I can really give you on that. Was it fine because you saw Taker versus AJ? What if you never saw Taker versus AJ? How would it have been? I probably would have liked it a little bit better. Okay, so uh, you're comparing it to something else. Of course. Yeah, and I'm and, and naturally and instinctively, I'm always going to do that, Bully. I'm always going to compare it to what I saw with the Boneyard match because you gave, you saved the best for first. So, you know, each time you throw that out there – there's going to be that comparison. Fair enough. This is Aussie Football Rules America with Eddie Maguire. Pat McAfee. I think the AFL is going to take over America, and I think it's been a perfect time for me to discover it. I feel like a child. The dudes out there are just incredible athletes. The sport is so electric. It's so explosive. And I think it was the sport I was supposed to play. Catch new episodes Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern on Dan Patrick Radio Channel 211 and listen at home with Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, or however you stream in the house. It's out from Extreme It's out. <laughs> it's, it's out 
from three rules last night. You know, when we hear JR, my, you know, the, the great calls from JR, and he's broken in half, and my. No, it's, you're going to remember from Extreme Rules 2020. It's out. <laughs> David. Oh. It's out. <laughs> oh, bully. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is what wrestling's become in 2020. There you um, go. Right. You wanted the best, you got the best. All right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All right, so. I think we can agree that there was a great effort from Seth and Ray. And if this was anything else but an eye for an eye match, it would have made for a really good no DQ or a really yep. good hardcore rest or a really good weapons match or a really good insert gimmick name here match. Yes or no? Yes, it would have. I thought they did a great job within the body of the match. The, the effort was fantastic with both. Like, to the point where, Bully, while I'm watching the match, I was saying to myself, gosh, I wish they didn't have this stupid stipulation connected to it because I'm seeing a damn great match between Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins. By the way, Rey Mysterio, one of the greatest of all time, and Seth Rollins, a damn good wrestler right now, without a doubt. And they showed it last night. The stipulation, again, hurt that match. You really did not get the payoff that you thought you were going to get or that maybe you were morbidly interested in. It seems like when Ray got his eye busted open a couple of weeks ago, you saw more with all the blood than mm -hmm. you saw last night. You had to take the social media or you had to go to .com just to get a still. I even posted a still on the old Twitter machine this morning of eyes Ray popped I, eyeball popped out or whatever the hell it was you if when you watch it in real time I really didn't know what happened and other than Joe saying it's out which we're making fun of I wouldn't have known Ray Mysterio's eye was out and if you're pushing his eyeball towards the point of the steps I'm not quite sure how his eyeball popped out but okay whatever um, I'm sure there's a lot of there might have been some other ways to make the eyeball pop out, but I, I, a lot of people, man, as soon as that match was over, like gangbusters on Twitter going, that's it. Screw them. I'm in, th th you're insulting my intelligence. I saw that. It was absurd. I mean, I think the best word to describe it is absurd. I didn't see anything either. So you had like the morbid curiosity of what it was going to look like to see, you know, like, you know, a lot of people are talking about CGI possibly being involved. And, and again, this was like, an, this match was over 18 minutes long. So they told a fantastic story in the ring. And then the payoff was, was horrible. It was like a, a D list horror movie. And you're right. Like, until I saw some still pictures on social media, because here's the problem that I have, Bully, like with when I'm watching on the network, if I try to rewind or pause or anything, it could screw. Like I have major problems when I try to rewind, you know, like it starts buffering. It's all issues. So unless I see it in the moment, I'm not going to see it. And I was watching and I didn't see anything. And again, it made no logical sense. Like you said, with the way he was setting that up, you saw a lot more on Monday Night Raw 
and it was a lot more graphic on Monday Night Raw, and it was a lot more logical on Monday Night Raw than the finish of that match last night. Until Vince's bottom line is affected, you will can you will still get finishes like this that piss a lot of people off. You'll still get finishes that might not make sense. You might you're still going to get finishes that might insult people's intelligence. Unfortunately, people only watched this match because they wanted to see whose eyeball was going to get popped out. If people are truly pissed off, there's only one way to show how pissed off you are. I'm not encouraging anybody to, to walk away from the product. It's pro wrestling. We love pro wrestling. Um, pro wrestling during the pandemic times is doing their absolute very best to give us something, to give us anything. I'm not saying walk away from the WWE. What I am saying is until people start telling the WWE, I'm not interested in your product and I don't want to buy it anymore, and I don't want to invest my time and money in it anymore, you're going to get finishes like we got last night. It was a it was one of their, you know, second tier pay-per-views. They got through it. They did what they needed to do. Did Ray's eye really pop out? No. Will Ray be back? Yes. Afterwards, Kyla Braxton or whoever one of the girls there were telling us, oh, yeah, Charlie you know, Caruso. It, oh, yeah. Charlie Caruso. I'm yeah. sorry. She was saying, you know, good news. If his optic nerve was not severed, his optic nerve severed. What did he do? Fall out of a freaking helicopter? You get my point, Dave. I, I love it too because they again, you know, one of those curse words in the WWE is hospital. So like, you know, Ray was rushed to a medical facility. I guess the yeah. local urgent care. Yeah, the local <laughs> medical facility specializes in optic nerve care. Yeah, like, and his eye is gonna be. It's it. It was saved. Like it's just like stop it already. And and this is the shame of it. This is the shame of it, bully. Because you talk about the effort. Was the effort there? Of course the effort was there. It's Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio. It's Drew McIntyre and you know it, it, it's 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 you know it's it's Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt. It's Dolph Ziggler. I mean, you're talking about talented talented wrestlers that were involved in this in this show last night so you know what i know it's pro wrestling you can have a wonky match here and a wonky finish there but when nothing makes sense and nothing is logical and nothing is building to a story that you actually want to see a conclusion to when you have crazy ass stupid stipulations people are going to lose interest and the shame of it is that everybody involved in that show last night can give you a great match Asuka and Sasha can give you a five star classic match that people will be talking about for generations unfortunately last night People are going to be talking about that. This is going to be mocked on the network 25 years. 25 years from now, they're going to bring up Extreme Rules 2020 and be like, what were we thinking? Well, why would we do that? And this is where you got to point the finger at creative. Sasha and Asuka was a good match. Was a, an athletic competition was a good wrestling match. That was marred by a wonky creative finish. Um, 
Seth and Ray was a good match, athletic match, worked really hard match that was marred by a wonky creative finish. I mean, did his eyeball pop out? I don't even know. When you, Like you said, if you watch it in real time, you have no idea if his eyeball popped out. Joe's had to go, it's out. Okay, it's out. I got to tell you, man, if my eyeball popped out the way they were, you know, Ray's, he, he walked out of there pretty quick. I'd be screaming bloody murder if my eyeball popped out of itself. I would have been a lot happier if last night Ray Mysterio versus Seth Rollins match was just the first blood match. I would have been totally fine with that. Yeah. Because the effort and the finish would have matched. But WWE will continue to promote these weird stipulations. Eye for an eye. The only way you win is to poke somebody's eye out. They know people are going to watch out of morbid curiosity. A swamp match. What the hell is a swamp match? I got to tune in. I don't know. I got to watch. They give you whatever they give you. Some people like it. Most people didn't. And then they're banking on the fact that you're going to tune in again on Mondays and Fridays. Obviously, Wednesday's a completely different uh, product. Until people stop tuning in, they'll continue to do that. It's scary, now, though, Bully. It's I, scary. Don't have, I don't have an alternative suggestion for Mysterio and Rollins because I don't know how you pop somebody's eye out safely, <laughs> make it look good. Uh, you know, I mean, I think you know, most people wanted to see an eye come out of a socket and roll around on the floor or on, uh, on the mat. The experts of MLB Network Radio. Watch how you're landing if you're pitching. You're not in line. So now you're losing power. You're losing strength. Ryan Spielborgs. You're going to have arm side run. You're not going to be as accurate. You're going to lose power. You're going to lose velocity. That's where we're at. It's no longer a field. Now we can actually take data from force plates that can show you you're costing yourself energy. Baseball talk at the next level. MLB Network Radio, Sirius 209, XM 89, and on the Sirius XM app. You know, Bully, you called for it. So before we get into the main event, let's take a couple of Slammiversary calls from the nation. Let's go to Miguel in Colorado. Miguel, what do you want to say about Slammiversary? You know, I just wanted to say it's been a very long time since Impact Wrestling has even trended number one on social media and Twitter and they were the only wrestling show this weekend to trend number one. And with everything they had going on, I feel like they hooked you to gain new viewers as well as hooked you to tune into access with uh, Motor City Machine Guns going against the North for this Tuesday, then EC3 ending the show. I feel like they did a really good job to gain a new fan as well as for you to tune in this Tuesday night. Yeah, Miguel, great call. I mean, first of all, you're 100% right. For most of that show, for most of that show on Saturday, Bully, Slammiversary was trending number one. And, you know, there was some, like, you know, baseball that was going on. There was other things going on. I mean, we have a freaking coronavirus going on. And they were the number one trend on Saturday. I don't believe Extreme Rules trended number one on Sunday, but I have to go back and check. But I believe they went as high as number two, but never trended number one. The other thing is, too, is that they did enough last night. We'll get into the main event in just a second, Bully. But I think they did a lot that if you do have access, and again, that's a big question. A lot of people don't have access TV. So, but if you do have access TV, 
they did a lot on Saturday to make you want to tune in on Tuesday night. And I think that is what is the bigger um, objective for Impact right now, that Tuesday night viewership. Slammiversary generated interest. Let's see if they follow along on Tuesday. Just got about three or four tweets, Dave, saying that because me and you have been talking about Slammiversary, people now want to tune in on Tuesday. They should. I really do think so. Let's go out to Rick in Illinois. Rick, what did you want to say about Slammiversary? Rick. Rick? Yeah, I'm here. How's it going? I All right, what did you want to say about Slammiversary? Uh, uh, about Slammiversary, I mean, <clears throat> something that is you guys touched on, and I feel like more people should be aware of how great Deanna Perrazzo and Jordan Grace really was. I don't want to hear it was a great women's match. It was a great match from lockup to, t- to submission, a verbal submission, clear, audible, verbal submission. I mean, the, the power that that gave her, you know, creatively, you can talk about that if you want, but the in-ring work that they both put on, just such a superb match. Uh, Chris Bay is, I've been following him since he's been indies. You know, I've, I've got nothing but great things to say about him. And kudos to Impact for not just throwing the belt on Eric Young. You know, they gave it to Eddie Edwards. Well-deserved. He has carried that company from top to bottom, the worst shows to the best shows. I got nothing but great things to say about Slammiversary. If I was to score it, I'd say 99.9 because I don't need to see Johnny Bravo in a women's gauntlet match. Uh, yeah, and then, Rick, that was the only miss was, uh, to me, the women's gauntlet match, though. It wasn't horrible. Uh, you still saw some talent. And I think the best thing, uh, to go back to Rick's point, Bully, is that a lot of the talent that maybe mainstream audiences don't know, they did a great job of showcasing them on Saturday night. Hey, I don't know who Bay is, but, you know, after watching him, I want to see him on Tuesday. Can't give a bigger compliment than that, Bully. I had not really seen much of Kira Hogan at all. I knew she existed there. I might have seen a clip of here of her here and there, but after I saw her the other night, I, I turned to Velvet and I told her, I go, that girl's a star right there. It only takes me a second to know. Sa- same thing with Tommy. You can just tell that they have the it factor. The girl looked apart. She's got the swagger. She had the physicality. A- everything. K- Kira Hogan's a star for them. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. So let's get back into Slammiversary. Let's get back into that main event because I thought it was a damn good main event. Eddie Edwards, now your new Impact champion, and it's great. We had Eddie Edwards on the show last week. I think he is going to do a phenomenal job as your Impact champion. And, you know, with Gallows and Anderson, and they, they signed 16 hours um, before the pay-per-view, but you got, think of some of the surprises that you got. You got it. I know some people were let down, but if you watch impact wrestling each and every work week, you weren't. And that's rich Swan being back for that main event. He's Slater. Now a part of impact wrestling, as I said, gallows and Anderson, uh, Eric young in that match. 
thrown himself in that match. We talked about the Motor City Machine Guns. And then EC3 shows himself at the end of the match. So, Bully, what did you think of the main event? And what did you think of the surprises that we saw at Slammiversary on Saturday? Good job with the five-way. I like what those guys did. I think uh, my MVP of that match was uh, Ace Austin. I think Mm -hmm. he's got a hell of a future. Uh, I like what I saw from him. Uh, Eric was a good surprise. Uh, Eddie winning. Uh, Smart move for the company. Seeing EC3. So I, I liked what I saw from EC3, but I really liked what I saw um, from him on social media. I don't know if you saw the video that was posted of the, yes. it's called the narrative. I thought that was really good. Um, at first, when I saw EC3, you know, kind of like in the hoodie top and the real dark look, I'm like, I've seen this before. I've seen the dark look with the hoodie from lots of wrestlers. Hell, I did it myself for a couple of months. But once I saw the narrative video from EC3, I, I don't know. I became I, I became very, very interested I can tell you this, and I don't know EC3 personally, but there should be a very, very, very pissed off person living in the soul of EC3. Because if you're EC3 and you were part of the WWE's developmental system years ago, and then you left and you get this job with Impact Wrestling and you become a Carter and you get a monster push and everything is going great, great, great. And then you leave again because you think the WWE really wants you. And then they treat you as poorly as they... And listen, EC3 getting treated poorly by the WWE could be one of two things. The WWE sticking it to EC3 or maybe EC3 didn't rub them the right way. Who knows? What matters is this. He's been through so many ups and downs between WWE and Impact Wrestling that he should be as angry right now as Taz was in ECW 96-97. That's how much venom EC3 should be spitting right there. Everything is there for this guy right now. Like, he is, he's oozing freaking heat. I hope they maximize it. I hope he uses social media to its maximum potential because with not everybody getting access TV, maybe not everybody being able to see what he's doing, use it. Because last night when I watched that uh, that narrative video, I was like, wow, this is some great shit. And I'm, uh, and I'm very interested to see where he goes. Here's the thing. Who stands across from EC3? Because who's standing across from him is as important as EC3 himself. Yeah, I mean, this is where you start thinking of matchups and everything else, but you would think he's not the only one that comes with a little bit of piss and vinegar. Eric Young as well, who was in that match, and to see a bloodied Eric Young, to see Eric Young in the ring for that length of time, Bully, because... Towards the end, I mean, you saw him in squash matches on Monday Night Raw. I mean, Bully, we were just happy to see Eric Young on TV. So I I would think he's got a little piss and vinegar coming back to Impact Wrestling as well. Without a doubt. um, Eric is a little older, a little bit more mature, a little bit more seasoned. What EC3 has had to go through over the past, I'll say, I don't know, whatever it's been, eight to ten years, lots of ups and downs. And you can almost see it in his eye in this, in this video. I know what I'm seeing is sports entertainment, 
but I have a funny feeling that we're going to get a very, very real and angry version of Ethan Carter. And now Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio's resident golf historian, Dave Marr, with a PGA Championship memory. 2019 PGA Championship was historic. With its new date in May, defending champion Brooks Kepka claimed his first springtime major to become the only player in history to hold two successful title defenses at the same time, a pair of U.S. Opens and a pair of PGAs. PGA Championship Week is on Sirius 208 XM92 and on your Sirius XM app. Let's bring in the new Knockouts Women's Champion. I don't mean to say I told you so, but I told our audience that she was going to be the new champion. And here she is on a Monday on Busted Open, the great Deanna Perazzo. Deanna, how are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? Great. I don't know if you heard, but, you know, on Sunday... Uh, you know, you know, Jefferson Township had a big uh, parade for you. You didn't show <laughs> up. That's unfortunate. But, you know, you made New Jersey proud on Saturday. Night. Good. That means everything to me. Right. <laughs> so um, I wish I could have been at the parade, but I had to be at work being the champion. So, you know. <laughs> I know it's tough being on top. So talk about it. Talk about Saturday night. Talk about, you know, you winning that championship and hell talk about what I thought was a extremely physical match on Saturday night. Yeah, I, I was so nervous going into the championship match on Saturday because I felt like um, I had to show out. I had to show the world what I've been saying and I had to back up all the, the crap I've been talking. So it was super important to me to, um, you know, put the best Diana Perrazzo uh, at Slammiversary that I could out there for the world. And, you know, I said it too. I've said it since I arrived to Impact that I wanted to be the Knockouts champion and I was going to become the Knockouts champion. And um, I did just that. So I'm more than proud of myself. I'm, I'm proud of the performance that I put uh, forward. And um, I'm just really happy with, with the entire show that we as a company were able to, to deliver on Saturday. Uh, Deanna, Jordan is a very physical competitor. I know you are also. Um, did she make you work up to a certain level or did you make her work up to yours? No, she, like, I'm not shy. She's strong. She's powerful. I um, think that she was an amazing champion and, and she made me reach her level. I had to come up to become the champion. I had to beat the champion. And that is no easy feat, regardless of who your opponent is. So she definitely made me raise the bar for myself. Um, and I had to meet her halfway if I would had any chance of beating her. Um, she's physical. She beat the hell out of me. Um, and I am happy to say that I was able to return the favor a little bit. Were you were you proud of the match? Were you proud of the performance? Did everything go the way you wanted it wanted it to go? Was there anything that you wish you could have done differently? Um, no, honestly, like I keep saying, I'm just so happy it's over because I was so worked up about it. I I wanted it to be like the most perfect thing I've ever done, and I'm so so proud of the of the match, of the performance, of everything that we were able to do. I I don't think I would change one thing. Well, you should be proud because it was great. And, you know, going into that match, and now you're glad that it's over, but talk about the build towards the match. Bully and I talked a lot about it here on Busted Open that that seemed to be the match that everybody was really excited for. You know, you were able to create a buzz that people, even if they weren't watching on Access TV every Tuesday, made sure that they tuned in to Slammiversary. How did that feel for you, especially knowing what you had to go through over the last year, having, you know, really, 
really being the match that everybody was talking about. Yeah. Oh, it like, this is all I've wanted. And I, I, last time I spoke to you and I, I haven't spoke to you yet, really, but like, I kept saying that I want an opportunity. I want to show the world what I can do. Um, all I've wanted to do is, is feel a part of and, and feel like I'm making a difference in a division. And I feel like the opportunities that have been given to me at impact since I came in, um, I've been able to do just that. So to, to have such a big build and to really have an anticipated match on my first pay-per-view with the company is, is like a testament to what they think of me. And, um, like I only hope to be able to give that back in the performance that we had at Slammiversary. Um, and uh, all the reviews here have been positive. Um, the buzz that, that came after the match and, um, was all positive and you know everyone seems really thrilled with what we've been able to do so far so um i can't like say it enough that i'm so happy um i went on record i said you and jordan had the best match of the night oh thank you so much the the thing that I liked best about your match was so simplistic and i don't think people pay a lot of attention to it it was your lockup your lockup was special because it was so strong and it meant something. And when I see a lockup like that, it kind of sets the tone for the entire match. And I think you and Jordan set the best tone um, uh, out of any match there. And I got a great beginning. I got a great middle and I got a great ending. Everything made perfect sense. I saw something from you that I haven't got to see in a long time. Now, I saw you years ago in Ring of Honor, and I think we got a version. I got We kind of got the indie and Ring of Honor version of Deanna in Impact because I think this is the most true assessment of who you are. I asked Dave before you went on, came on the show, I said, what went wrong with Deanna in NXT? How come we did not see D this Deanna in NXT, and how come we are seeing it in Impact? And please don't bullshit us. <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think the Deanna that you saw and, and the world saw at Ring of Honor and NXT is truly who I am. And I think that at NXT, NXT no, 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 at Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor and, and impact. And yeah. The, 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 the person that I've been able to like put on the screen is, is the person I believe in is the truest form of me, um, you know, elevated. And at NXT, it was very much a runaround. It's like, you need a character. Okay, well, that's too much character. You have to be the real you, but the real you isn't believable. And I just got to a point of like, there's nothing I can do right. And now I feel defeated in me. Um, and, and coming here and just being like, screw what everyone else has said. Screw the connotations that came with me. Screw the opinions and, and screw the, the negativity that I've been through. I'm going to bring out the person that loved professional wrestling, that wanted to be a professional wrestler since I was nine years old, and I'm going to make that girl proud. I don't care that WWE fired me or didn't want me or didn't think I was good enough. I think I'm good enough. And if Impact believes I'm good enough, if Rick of Honor believed I'm good enough, if Japan thought I was good enough, I'm good enough. And I just needed to get back to believing in me and believing in the little girl that's wanted to be a champion her entire life. Well, go ahead, Bully. I, I saw Gail Kim post a tweet that said, um, like, success is the sweetest revenge. And she was oh. retweeting something that had to do with you. It was a picture of you with the Impact Championship. Yeah. Is that the way you feel right now? Is this success sweet revenge for maybe NXT <laughs> not seeing um, the performer that you could have been? 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the easiest way to answer. Yes. I think that I just had a point group and I've had a chip on my shoulder. And, you know, the first interviews I did, I was like, screw NXT. And that put a huge target on my back that put like pressure to perform at a new level and to, to raise to Jordan's level, to raise to, to Taya's level, to raise to Tessa's level, all of the champions that came before me. Now I have to be at be equal with them, if not better, um, especially where I was coming from and you know, the success I didn't see at NXT, I had to make this worthwhile and to, to come in and, and be right with the champion and be on the first pay-per-view that I could be on and now be the knockouts champion. It's like, you guys messed up and I hope you regret it. I hope you feel dumb because everyone else can see it. And I've known it my entire life. So, you know, no, explicit, you. but no explicit. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, the, listen, you were, think about it. You know, we had this pandemic obviously happen and then you're released from the WWE and now here we are just a few months later and we're talking to somebody who's got a lot of passion, a lot of love in her voice. You're, you're a champion. You have gold around your waist. You know, you, there's buzz around you. You're, you're, the, you're the face that people tuned in to watch an event to begin with. Like the good side is, and there's a tremendous upside, but like the low point, like did you ever doubt yourself? Was it like just this boulder on your shoulder? Because that's a lot at one time to withhold yeah. and to overcome. Like, was there, was there a point where you kind of doubted yourself? And was there a point even when you were at the WWE that you said to yourself, maybe this isn't for me. Yeah. There was a ton of those moments. There was a ton of like, just what I was going through in my personal life. And then, you know, being really unsatisfied with where I was at work of like, what am I doing? Like, I have an education. I was a teacher before this. Like I can go back and be fine being like a normal human being. Um, but then you just have those like spurts of like, wait, what? Like, I love this. Or, or those moments that take you back and you're like, what was I ever thinking? Um, and Slammiversary was one of those moments that it was like, I've worked so hard and been through so much that this is the payoff. Um, and, and I never need to doubt myself ever again. Diana, how do you think you've matured as a performer from Ring of Honor to NXT to now uh, being the Impact uh, champion? There's a lot of like, I, I said like a lot of negative things about NXT, but th my time there, there was so many positives. And that was in terms of like building an identity more than just Deanna Perrazzo. Um, I really was able to like take on the virtuosa and explore, um, her personality and character traits. And, you know, so, um, from ring of honor, like I was trying to, to fit that ring of honor hybrid style. And that's more, more indie and more Japanese and, um, like a mix that, isn't always successful with my training. Um, I was trained very old school. I was trained to be slow and take my time and, and really be methodical um, and work a body part. So to, to kind of have to turn that off sometimes at Ring of Honor was a really hard transition for me that took a long time for me to, to be comfortable with. Um, and now that I know who the virtuosa is, she's the greatest technical wrestler in the world. I only have to rely on my training and what I know best. Um, and that has been able to like, that I think is what made us stand out on Saturday was that we took our time. We didn't do all these crazy flips and, and be all over the ring and be outside. We, we took our space in, in the ring and we took our time and we beat the hell out of each other in a methodical way. I wanted to break her arm and I did, but she wanted to hurt me. She wanted to throw me around. She wanted to break my back. 
And, um, you know, the, the performer I was then would have been like, we have to do moves and we should do flips and I could do this. And, and this time I was able to be like, this is my pinpoint. This is what I want. This is the outcome I need. Um, and how do I get there in the, the most, um, singular way? How do we tell this story? Wow. Sounds basic, but at the same time, it's something that you don't really hear a lot about in today's wrestling. It's Keep crazy. it simple, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, Deanna, is there, is there somebody that, and you you definitely have a lot of self confidence in yourself, and it shows, and I'm and I'm and I'm, I'm appreciating that talking to you. But was there somebody that you you leaned on during those lean times that you actually spoke to after that moment at Slammiversary? Yeah, Madison Rain has been my biggest supporter um, before I came to Impact. When I was here in spurts before. Um, she has just been someone that I could like go to and cry to and, and tell everything to, and just kind of vent. Um, and, and before the match, like I said, I was a nervous wreck. I've been a, a nervous wreck for like the week prior. So afterwards, like she just gave me a big hug. I had some tears and she was like, okay, you did it. Like it's done. Um, so she has been number one for me this far. Um, and then obviously my trainer, Damien Adams, like I can call him. I spoke to him on the way to the venue today, like just for advice or how to keep things simple, or this is my idea and how do we, you know, dumb it down so everyone understands. Um, he is like a lifelong friend that I can rely on for anything, especially wrestling. So um, just off the top of my head, those two. Deanna, Dave just mentioned that he can hear the self-confidence in your voice. And self-confidence can be real tricky in the world of pro wrestling because <laughs> what you can what you can feel as self-confidence can come across as ego to others. Do you ever feel like your self-confidence has ever come across as ego in the wrestling business? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think um, <laughs> going into NXT with, with the background that I had and with up until that point, that was my busiest you know, time in my career was, you know, I had just done a, a month in Japan. I was coming back. I did some stuff with Ring of Honor and then I was, did two indies. Um, and then I was right in NXT the next week. And I think I just came in with like a, I know who I am and I know what I'm doing. And that doesn't mean I don't need to train. It doesn't mean I don't need to listen. It doesn't mean that I don't need these skull classes. What it means is like when I'm in the ring, I'm confident in what I'm doing. And I think that a lot of times, um, with the drills that I had done before and I could do them proficiently and, and I kind of could put a match together without asking too many questions and keep it simple. Um, it definitely came across as like, she thinks she knows too much. Um, instead of like, she just knows that she can handle this. That's again, it's, you know, you, you hear you know that. You know what, Deanna, not- you're a real <laughs> egomaniac. <laughs> yeah. How dare you know? How dare you? <laughs> I blame, I blame. How dare you not have to ask permission to know how to put a match together? I blame Damian Adams, to be honest with you. Toy- blame him for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at this knockouts division right now. Bully and I were talking about it earlier on in the show. You know, Kara Hogan, Tasha Steeles. I mean, you know, you know, Kylie Ray, who is now a number one contender, and Jordan. And you know, it is one hell of a division that you yeah. are now the face of. So, talk about this division moving forward. Honestly, like. And the girls have said it for as long as I've been here thus far, but like there is not one person on this roster that I would not like to be in the ring with. There is not one person I don't think could have 
the match of the night um, on this roster. Everyone just knows who they are and knows what they bring to the table and is so diverse from one another um, that it makes it so exciting to be here right now because uh, I have so much, Kylie won the, won the gauntlet and, and that is someone like I, I love, I've wrestled before. I think she's probably like one of my favorite women's wrestlers. Um, but there's Tasha Steeles who I trained with the year. Her tag partner is Kara Hogan. Ty Valkyrie was the longest reigning knockouts champion. Madison rain was in the gauntlet. She's a five time knockouts champion. There's so much wealth and knowledge and diversity, um, that no matter who comes after me next, we are going to kill it. Deanna, uh, obviously professionally, you sound like you're in a great place. What about personally? How are you doing on a personal level? Yeah, I'm good. I honestly, like this year has just like, we've harped on wrestling the last couple months, but like my personal transformation and just getting back to like a, like a happy, stable place with who I am as a human being, um, has been great. And it's been a long journey. It's been, uh, tons of therapy and, and self-healing and um, just trying to figure out like what satisfies me outside of wrestling and what my identity outside of wrestling is. Um, it's been hard and it's been difficult, but um, I think I've come out on top and I think that I have like a real grasp on um, life after wrestling, who I am um, and what is going to like fulfill me outside of, 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 you know, the ring. You got to move back to Jersey. That's the oh, problem, no. is you left Jersey. Oh, no. Here. What? <laughs> Just do not, do not take any advice from him, Deanna, especially oh, when gosh. it comes to New Jersey. What's I wrong love with New Jersey? Jersey. I love it. That's where I'm from. I will rep it till the day I die, but I will never live in New Jersey again. <laughs> the only good no. things about New Jersey oh, are war anticipation, DJs, and the headliner. <laughs> Other than that, there's nothing oh, good please. about New Jersey. We're, we're, we're about to move to Vernon, so I'm a little nervous going back, you know, going to that area, going to the country. Yeah, we're bo- we're going in the country, the Hicks, the Sticks out there in New Jersey. <laughs> you got a pretty mouth, Dave Greco. He's not that like it's, you know, oh, but okay. close, but close. That is where I grew up. Vernon is like 25 minutes from from where I grew up. So, I went down my high school was down the street from Cows, so it's the country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you were you were Milton, right? You were in Milton. Yeah, so so I'm announced from Hackettstown, but I'm actually from Oak Ridge, which makes up Jefferson Township. And Jefferson Township is like Oak Ridge, Milton, one side, and then Route 15 cuts it in half, and then um, Lake Apacon is the other side of Jefferson. So um, that's actually where I'm from. I'm not from Hackettstown. <laughs> yeah, everybody gets I, it wrong. Can't read everything. I, you can't believe everything off a of Wikipedia bully. Uh, I once did a job for Greg Valentine in Piscataway at the Polish American Club in 93. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, we can laugh. I mean, because you know what? You, you know, with the, with the victor becomes the, you get the spoils. And right now you're the champion right now. Like, and again, Bully and I were just talking about it. Listen. This is no offense to anybody else that's on the roster. Like, it was awesome seeing Eddie Edwards win the main event on Saturday night. But really, Deanna, like, moving forward and looking at the future of Impact Wrestling, Deanna, I have to look at right now as you being the face 
of that show. So how does that feel for you? Like, you know, four months ago, you lose your job. And then here yeah. you are, you have championship gold. And here is a talk show host saying that you're the face of a company that's on. Oh. TV. I mean, that, I mean, that is, that's going from rags to riches right there. I would. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a lot of pressure. And I don't know. I'm not going to say I'm the face of the television show because there's been people that oh, have the been old Diana would have said that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know Ed, Eddie Edwards winning the world championship like he's been here and he's the heart and the soul of this company he's a locker room leader he um just loves being here and, and loves performing for impact so you know like I don't want to take that from him because I think he more than has earned it over his time here um he, he he's earned that championship now but uh to be considered that and for people to feel that way about me um is is again all I've ever wanted is is to you know be a part of and now that I get to be the part of and on on the top of that um you know it, it's a tremendous amount of pressure and it's not something I take lightly Diana, I just want to ask you about your finish real quick, the Fujiwara armbar. I mean, that's a very, very, like, you know, traditional Japanese kind of judo-esque type of move. Why did you decide to build your, basically your entire repertoire around that move? Yeah, it, it was like a freak thing, really. Um, and there was one show uh, Damien and I were driving to, like, maybe four or five years ago that the promoter asked like, Hey, it's an all women show. Could you maybe do something different and maybe like work the arm? And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. No problem. Um, and in the car ride, I was asking Damien like, okay, well, what about this? Or, or what about that? And he said, you should do a Fujiwara arm bar. And I had no idea what it was. Um, so he explained it to me. And then when we got to the locker room, he just kind of showed me how to put it on and we did it in the match. And it just kind of was like, I like that. And I can work the arm well, so let's keep it. Um, and then slowly over time, we established that as my finisher. And, um, I think it's important to, in how he taught me, um, was your finisher should always be teased. You should establish that this is what you're going for. And this is how you might finish the match. And, and that way you could thread more psychology throughout the whole thing. And, um, what's that is why what's I psychology. Did... What is that? I don't understand. What's psychology? <laughs> we don't understand. Uh, me wrestling psychology? What is that? Is that like a 450 or a acai moonsault with a 350 twist? Like, yes, no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe today. No, um, I feel like for me, wrestling psychology is like, okay, I'm gonna go for the arm, and and now the if if the my opponent reacts in the way of like, ooh, this could be dangerous. This this could really mess me up. Um, then, you know, I can do the head scissors into it and go back to it. And then they sell it a little bit more. And then, you know, my hope spot is the Russian leg sweep. And then I roll through into the arm bar and it's like, oh, now you're trapped. How do you get out of it? You get to the ropes. Like just always letting um, the fans know that this is my move. This is what I'm going for. And now it's established two, three, four times. Um, and it's dangerous. If, if your opponent sells it right, then um, it, it should be like, Oh shit, I'm in danger, you know. But when do you do your Canadian destroyer and your super kick and kick out at one? N me? Never. <laughs> <laughs> you know we're joking, right? Because so many yes. you're you're explaining yeah. something that's psychologically sound with good storytelling as opposed for moves for the sake of moves. So it as Dave said, it's refreshing to hear somebody yes. come on who has a grasp of what uh a good psychology should be. And you at being a, you. a younger performer in the business, having a good grasp on that, the kudos to you. I think a Thank lot of so people much. would say this gives hope to the future of pro wrestling, having somebody this young and having that 
that thought process when it comes to pro wrestling. So I thank you for that, and I thank you for that match you gave us on Saturday. The reviews are in. As a matter of fact, Rip Rogers said that was a fucking great match. So it's always good getting somebody <laughs> like Rip Rogers to chime oh, in. God. So, um, but Deanna, thank you so much. Congratulations on thank everything you. that happened on Saturday, and honestly, you deserve it. And I think everyone should tune in to Impact Wrestling each and every Tuesday night on Access TV to, to watch you wrestle. So thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.